Welcome to J. Mosley Ministries Transformational Living Podcast. I'm Jackie Mosley, your host, and thank you for tuning in to this episode, Is the Church for Unbelievers, Part 1, that will consist of thought-provoking biblical truth to inspire you to study and search the scriptures to be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The kingdom of this world where man and the devil rules and the kingdom of God where God rules each operates under a different set of values and where you are depositing determines the treasure of your heart that will lead to where you will spend eternity. In heaven with Christ the Lord forevermore or in hell in everlasting separation from Christ. So go with me on this journey of biblical truth to look to the word of God For there is a vast difference between the values this world perceives and what the Lord commands as valuable. Let us pray. Gracious and eternal Father in heaven, Lord, we approach your throne today to obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God, we thank you for your word that is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Lord, I pray that you would raise up and send out obedient laborers into the vineyard to proclaim your gospel, to harvest the lost souls of mankind. I pray for all born again believers who are in this world, but not of this world, who have taken up their crosses, denying themselves, and are following you, God, some at a great personal cost, who may be in distress and crying out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. God, help us not to fear, but comfort us with your assurance that you have not forsaken us, but are with us always even unto the end of this world. Father, I ask that you would keep your people from the evil one and sanctify them by the truth of your word. In Jesus' matchless name, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. This podcast discussion will be about is the church for unbelievers. And this um, podcast has been broken up in two parts. And today, this will be part one of this episode. So to understand this question, one must understand several other questions which are is or I'm sorry which is what is an unbeliever or what is the church and what is not the church now when we start to break down and respond to these questions then it will become very clear and obvious what is the answer to the main question 
is the church for unbelievers. The biblical blueprint, <clears throat> excuse me, of the church is identified by the teachings and practices of the New Testament early church in the book of Acts. This topic is not meant to discourage unbelievers from attending church, but to encourage unbelievers to hear and respond to the gospel with repentance and faith in Jesus Christ to receive the free gift of salvation. The podcast scriptures are going to be 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 14 through 15, Matthew chapter 16 verses 13 through 18, 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 1 through 12, Acts chapter 20 verses 26 through 29, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 30 uh, verses 27 through 31. Uh, Romans chapter 12 verses 4 through 5 and Revelation chapter 21 verse 2 and any and other scriptures that will be mentioned throughout this podcast episode. There are two types of people living today in the eyes of God. There are believers and unbelievers. And the Bible contrasts these two types of people and the distinction between those who follow Christ and those who do not follow Christ. A believer is a person who has been born again by faith in Christ Jesus. An unbeliever is an unregenerate person who does not believe in Jesus Christ, who is faithless and is opposed to everything about Christ. The Apostle Paul differentiates between believers and unbelievers in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, that says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness and what accord hath Christ with Belial or Satan or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel which is equivalent to an unbeliever and what agreement my God today hath the temple of God with idols For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. The context of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 is referring to the Apostle Paul's resume and the seriousness and character of his ministry. This scripture goes beyond believers marrying unbelievers but applies to any environment where believers allow the world 
to influence their thinking. Believers are not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of their minds, Romans 12 and 2. And the principle is that believers are to be in this world, but not of this world. And if believers are being influenced by the world, it is clear that there is an unequal yoking together with unbelievers. For an example, a ship belongs in the water. But water does not belong in the ship or the ship would sink. A fish belongs in the water. But when a fish is on dry land, it cannot live for very long. Eventually it will die. The meaning of these examples is what happens to a believer who lives in disobedience to God's word. My God today. After a person is born again, they are reconciled to God and should be willing to separate themselves and not partake in willful sin. Let me say that again. Born again believers are reconciled to God and should be willing to separate themselves and not partake in willful sin, licentiousness, infidelity, paganism, and idolatry. Believers are not to mingle with unbelievers in the world in those things and not to be partakers or, part or participate in any other people's sins. Believers are not to yoke up with unbelievers, whether it applies to marriage, business, ministry, or pleasure. Now Paul was not initiating a no contact order for believers not to have any contact with unbelievers. However, Paul was indicating to come out from among those who defile themselves with sin and separate from unbelievers' vain, sinful pleasures and pursuits. God chose, my God today, to leave believers in the world to be an influence of light and salt for unbelievers to come to Christ, but not of the world that is biblical separation from any and all idol worship. My God today. Believers are not to be identical twins with the world. Believers who enter into such unions against the warnings of God's word should expect much anxiety sorrow, and pain. So what is the church? And who does the church belong to? Metaphorically in scriptures, the church is referred to as the bride of Christ used to describe God's relationship with his beloved bride. God reveals himself to be faithful 
loving, and committed, glory to God, to a covenant union with his church that encompasses all those who believe in Jesus Christ and have accepted his atonement and gift of salvation by way of the cross. The functionality of the church is referred to in the word of God as the body of Christ made up of one body with Christ as the head who is the chief cornerstone and many members without hierarchy, superiority, or inferiority and should function in the unity of the Spirit of God. My God today. The book of Acts records the historical account of the early church, emphasizing the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Acts records the apostles being Christ's witnesses in Jerusalem, which were home states and countries, and in Judea or Judea and Samaria, which were other places in the surrounding world to the ends of the earth, and sheds light on the gift of the Holy Spirit who empowers, leads, and guides us into all truth, teaches and serves as counselor for believers. The book of Acts shows how the power of the gospel spread throughout the world and transformed lives and the miracles that were performed during that time by the apostles to validate the gospel message. The book of Acts covers the transition between the ascension of Christ and the completion of the New Testament canon and the apostolic miracles were God's means of authenticating his message through the men who inspirationally penned the Bible. The the word church in this podcast is not specific to one denomination, but refers to all denominations. Number one, God help us today. The church is the universal body of Christ, the body of believers or people, which Christ is the head, made up of worldwide global believers. The universal visible church is everyone everywhere who has accepted or who has believed and accepted in the person of Jesus Christ and is a partaker of his death, burial, and resurrection, having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free and we were all given the one spirit to drink first corinthians chapter 12 verses 12 through 13. paul compares the body of christ to a human body each person as a member and christ as the head which signifies community The human body is a living organism. I'll say that again. The human body is a living organism and is organized for functioning decently and in order. 
anything not organized is subject to chaos and ruin. My God today. Each part of the body has a specific function necessary for building up and the edification of the body of Christ as a whole. Anyone who comes to the cross and believes Jesus Christ died for their sins and was raised from the dead and has received the spirit of Christ and is a member of the universal global church. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 22 and 23 says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, which is Jesus Christ, who we're talking about, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The church is universal in scope, but locally meets in smaller bodies. Number two, the church is the ecclesia, which is the Greek word defined as called out assembly or congregation. What is the ecclesia called out of? 1 Peter 2 and 9 reads, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Number three, the body of Christ, the universal church, is comprised of individuals who have by faith accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, who have been born again. The local church is used to refer to gatherings or fellowship of people who claim the name of Christ. But some people may not be members of the body of Christ, depending on their genuineness of their faith. The visible church and the body of Christ are not the same. You can be a member of the local church and not be baptized into the global body of Christ. Your name can be written on the membership list of the globe uh, of the local church. I'll say that again. Your name can be written or recorded on the membership list of the local church and not be recorded in the Lamb's book of life. My God today. God gave the church a pattern and example and model to follow that is identical to the early church according to scripture. However, the visible modern church today looks very different from the early church. Today's visible church has created and is following its own pattern. And here are a few differences between the modern church of today, my God, and the early church of the book of Acts. The early church was holy. The modern church is worldly. The early church 
was filled with the Holy Spirit, the new nature, and received power to be witnesses for God. And the fruit of the Spirit was evident. The modern church is filled with the old nature, that sin nature, and have no power to be witnesses for God. And the works of the flesh are evident in the modern church. The early church exalted the name of Jesus Christ and they worshiped Christ alone. And Christ was the center of all worship. Jesus said, even if I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me, my God today. But the modern church exalts man's name. Pastor so-and-so, preacher so-and-so, prophet and apostle and evangelist and missionary so-and-so. And the worship of man and the worship of self and the worship of celebrities and, and the worship of a counterfeit Jesus is happening in the modern church. Idol worship is the center of worship in the modern worldly church. The early church devoted themselves to fellowship of other believers, the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread and prayer with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. The modern church is devoted to musical entertainment, theatrics, and technology. Breaking of bread is becoming less and less, and prayer is quick and heartless. And folks' hearts are evil, and they enjoy their personal favorites in the modern church. In the early church, Folks were givers. They sold their possessions and goods and gave to anyone who had need. The early church was generous to the poor and shared everything they had. There were no needy persons among them. The modern church are takers. Folks are scammers and fraudsters. And they use the quick rich, uh, get rich quick schemes. They're lovers of money and swindlers who are never satisfied with their possessions, always wanting more. They are selfish and greedy and stingy and they take from the poor and many people are in need. My God today. The early church were in one heart and mind. They were unified. My goodness. The modern church are divided in heart and mind. The early church, in the early church, the fear of the Lord was present. But in the modern church, the fear 
of the Lord is absent. In the early church, there were sincere and righteous worship. Hearts were near and close to the Lord and their worship was accepted. In the modern church, there is vain and noisy worship and hearts are far from the Lord and folks are giving lip service and their worship is rejected. My God today, because folks have in the modern church have gone in the way of Cain. My goodness today. In the early church, the Lord added believers to the church. But in the modern church, the enemy is adding unbelievers to the church. In the early church, folks prepared the way for Christ to come. And in the modern church, help us today, Lord. Folks are preparing the way for the Antichrist to come. So as you can see, there are stark differences between the early church and the modern church. That is very, very disturbing. My God. The devil has infiltrated God's church as an angel of light. The modern church, church folks are so lukewarm today and are far from the Lord. They are unable to discern Satan's presence inside the church. The modern visible counterfeit church today is actually getting folks ready to receive the Antichrist because they are completely caught up, my God, today with the spirit of the world that is setting the stage as the Apostle Paul prophesies, for the great falling away from God into apostasy that has already begun. Oh, I know there are some folks out there that are waiting for the great revival, but the Bible does not speak to a coming great revival but the Bible teaches a great falling away into apostasy that has already started to happen. Nearly all people will turn away from God in the end times and will refuse to repent except a faithful remnant, which is a tiny, amount of people until the Antichrist is revealed. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction, and many there by which go in thereat. Many will go in that way. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth to life and few there be that findeth it. And Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3, let no man I'll say that again. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a great 
falling away. First, that's the first thing that will happen. And that man of sin will be revealed, the son of perdition. So the Antichrist will not be revealed until what precedes him being revealed, which is the great falling away. There has to be a level of apostasy first so that the Antichrist, that man of sin, that son of perdition can function during his time. My God today. So church ownership, we are still talking about what is the church and who does the church belong to? Church ownership is what we're getting ready to talk about now. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. He is the founder, owner, and builder of the church, not man. Pastors and prophets and apostles, your mama and daddy and sisters and brothers, no man died for the church. My God, today. Matthew chapter 16, verses 17 and 18 says, When Jesus asked his disciples, Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood, which means man, has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I, Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. My God today. Now Paul was getting ready to depart from Ephesus to go to Jerusalem. And in Acts chapter 20, Verses 26 through 29, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore take heed to yourself and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves, my God today, will come in among you not sparing the flock. But Jesus told Peter, whose name means Petros or Petra, meaning rock, that upon this rock, and that rock is Jesus, the son of the living God, that I will build my church. The church belongs to Jesus Christ and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No government agency in every country around the world shall not prevail against the church. My God today, no special interest groups shall not prevail against the church. False prophets and preachers and teachers who are wolves in sheep's clothing 
shall not prevail against the church. No hireling who uses the Bible as a means for profit shall not prevail against the church. No other religious groups and any other enemy or forces of darkness within and without shall not prevail against the church. Jesus conquered death and the grave and took the sting out of death. And Jesus said, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. John 11 and 25. The church will continue to fulfill its mission on the earth because Jesus commanded it so. Jesus declared that death has no power to hold God's people captive. Its gates are not strong enough to overpower and imprison the church of God. God's people have the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. Glory to God. And we serve a risen Christ, the son of the living God. For God is not dead. He is yet alive my God today. He is alive and it's because he lives that we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all of our fears are gone. And yes, I know who holds our future. And that's why our lives are worth living because he lives. My God today. Jesus used the theme of a closing door and people trying to get in a few other times in scripture or multiple times in those instances people are trying to get into heaven and are crying out Lord Lord then said one unto him Lord are there few that be saved and he said unto them Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Jesus declared in Matthew 7, 20 through 21, that people will try to get into heaven who believe they were doing the will of God. But it's sad to unfortunately say these people are deceived. And Jesus says, I know you not. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Many folks, many, many folks will explain to Jesus on Judgment Day their evidence of sincere conversion. But Jesus said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. What evidence do these folks give Jesus, these lost folks give Jesus in a desperate attempt to gain entrance into heaven, what is their evidence? And Jesus said, many 
will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name or in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? My God today. Believers, believers, we must recognize that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And our choices in this life should reflect our allegiance to the coming kingdom of heaven. Just as there was a betrothal period in biblical times during which the bride and the groom were separated until the wedding, so is the bride of Christ separate from her bridegroom during the church age. And her responsibility during the betrothal period is to be faithful to Christ, who is our bridegroom. And at the rapture, the church will be united with the bridegroom in the official wedding ceremony. Yes, my goodness. Will take place in the eternal union of Christ and his bride will be actualized. Read Revelation chapter 19 verses 7 through 9. In Revelation 21, verses 1 and 2. In closing, John chapter 3 and 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, will you be that whosoever today will you be that whosoever it doesn't matter who you are your ethnicity and nationality doesn't matter your age doesn't matter your amount of possessions doesn't matter your status and position doesn't matter None of those things matter. But if you will be that whosoever, this one thing will matter, is you shall not perish, my God, but shall have everlasting life with Christ the Lord. So come to Jesus right now. Oh, right now, right now, come to Jesus with all the sickness and death that is happening in our world. Even amid the COVID pandemic, realize, ladies and gentlemen, men and women, oh my goodness, that tomorrow is not promised. And today, while you still have breath in your body, while blood is running warm through your veins, that today is the day of salvation. And there's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there is still room, my God, for one, there is room at the cross for you. Thank you for listening in to Transformational Living Podcast, Depositing for Eternity as Spiritual Millionaires. Please tune in to upcoming podcasts coming your way. Part 2 of is the church for unbelievers also babylon is falling dishonest scales weights and merchants in another episode 
called Babylon is Falling, Master Conspirator, Modus Operandi. Another episode, Raised by Wolves and Judas is Everywhere. All of these episodes are coming your way. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless you and keep you is my prayer.